There we go. Uh, one day, as Jesus was standing by the lake at Genesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put it out a little from shore. And then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put it out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signalled their partners into the, uh, in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats full, so they actually began, began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he ha- and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid, from now on you will, you will fish for people. So they pulled, up their, pulled their boats up on shore and left everything and followed him. Wonderful. Well, boys and girls, it's time to head out to your program. And for everyone else, we can say hello to our neighbours again. Wonderful. Well, it's good to be here. And uh, the title is Grander Vision Living, or Grandeur Vision Living, as it says there. I had a bit of a conversation with Noah about the whole terminology, about whether we should be using an adjective or a noun there. But anyway, the whole point is having a bigger vision. Because the reality is, is that we can look at small stuff or the big stuff in life. We can focus on possessions, or we can focus on God's ways. We can focus on making a name for ourselves, being popular in some way, or we can focus on making God known. We can acquire wealth and money, or we can value God. We can focus on fish, like in our Bible reading or we can participate in God's work to save people. Because we can have a small vision with the blinkers on, thinking about the temporary things, or we can have a big, a grand vision, that huge vision that encompasses God and His ways, the things that are eternal, the things that last. Indeed, I've got something here today Uh, I've got some temporary signs. So I can go around and put a a few of these around because there's so many temporary things around us, whether that be the uh, musical equipment, all the stuff up here on the sound desk. I could go out to your car and put a temporary sticker on your car as nice as it is. Um, I could put one on the building somewhere. Have it on your chair. There we go, I could put that on someone's chair, a temporary sticker on uh, something else. What would you like me to stick it on? Anyone got an iPhone or a, um, 
Uh, oh, you can't use a person. Here we go. Here's an electronic device. That's temporary. We'll put that in the bin later on. Uh, it, or even the piano over here. Uh, the wall, the, the whole building is temporary. So anyone else got an example that's not a person? Anything else? Oh, I am dispensable. Oh, you, you, oh, Reed's got a good example here, something she wants to be temporary. Look at this, her walker. That's right, temporary. Okay, do these things last? No, they come and go. They come and go. But so often we can focus our attention on these temporary things, these things that don't last. And there's something about this Bible reading that catches our attention because it gets our focus onto something a bit different, something a bit bigger. Uh, We see here a fishing trip. Jesus was teaching the crowds. Did we see that in the reading? Jesus was out and it was so crowded he couldn't even stand by the shore anymore. There were so many people. So we asked some fishermen for some help. They got their boats out and they set a platform for him to speak from. All was going well. And then Jesus tells the fishermen to head out to deep water and catch some fish or to let their their net down at least. And how had their fishing gone before that? Well, they'd caught nothing. And then we see the miracle takes place. They listen to Jesus They throw down their nets and the nets start to fill, fill with all these fish and they have to call the other boat to get them for help and they pull the net up with this huge catch and then the most significant thing that takes place is not the fish, as as exciting as these fish are because Jesus gives them a bigger vision. He gives them a bigger calling, something higher and greater to look to. And that's when we read these words at the end of the reading. Jesus said to Simon, that's Simon Peter, there is nothing to fear. From now on, you will be fishing for men and women. They pulled their boats up on the beach, left them, nets and all, and followed him. Here we see fishermen trained. It was their livelihood. Given a new calling, no longer would it be that small temporary vision of fish that come and go. They were going to be fishing for people, to be fishing for men and women, to catch them, to live out God's way, to focus on these people and how they sit before God. A new calling. Their small vision Their small little fishing um, business was about to be multiplied and expanded. Their new vision was to focus on people. And as they catch that vision from Jesus, they leave it all behind. They realize this is worth it. This bigger vision is worth leaving all those nets behind, all those fishing boats. And so they leave it all and they go. They get that vision that bigger vision, that grander vision of what it is to live for a purpose far greater than themselves, to get a vision for what God would have them do. 
And central to that vision is other people. Because at the core of this story, we see that Jesus calls people to care about others, to care about other people. When we look at Jesus' life, we can safely say that he cared about people. He went and spent time with all sorts of people. He went and spent time with people that others were shocked that he was spending time with them. Why would you spend time with those people? They're sinners, Jesus would say. And yet Jesus was there amongst them. Jesus was present. He was not focused on judgments. He was focused on pointing them in the right direction, on leading them to repentance. This grandeur vision is about making people a priority, not us, but others, focusing on others. Do you see that in the life of Jesus? Do you see the vision to focus on people, not to focus on ourselves and that small way forwards, but that bigger priority of other people and helping them to know Jesus? Because the first two points are linked today because the reality that we've been talking out throughout walking across the room is that knowing Jesus matters for eternity. Knowing Jesus makes a huge difference. Peter got that understanding as he got this vision. From fishing for fish, he went on to fish for people and made a huge difference in this world. He realized that it matters forever. And so too, as we think about the people around us, we care about where they're going to spend eternity. We know that the things of God matter forever, for eternity. And so our vision, it needs to be off the temporary things and onto the things of God and His glorious plan for the future. It's about having a bigger vision that focuses on people and where they sit with God's. And in the midst of this vision, we are to be people that pray. Prayer has to be central to walking across the room. As we walk, we pray. As we seek to engage in people in different ways, we pray about it. Firstly, we pray for opportunities to share. We pray for the words to say when we get there. We pray that they will understand the words that we speak. We pray that God will bless people in the process. Those that have heard, those that are, are, are in our midst. We pray that God will speak to them himself. We pray that, that we will stay on task and not get distracted with the temporary things. This whole idea of having a bigger vision, it is clear that we need to pray. Pray continuously if we like. Pray always, because we know that when we invite God into what is taking place, we put Him in the rightful place, which is to be on the throne in control. And as we pray, we say, God, you can do more than I can imagine. You are able. God is far more able than we are to undertake tasks. And so we saturate any activity of reaching out to others in prayer. We're going to watch a short video now uh, from, from Bill Hybels.
on this. I think what you pray about first thing in the morning sets the tone for the day. And I have this little discipline where I kind of roll out of bed and make sure that my knees hit the floor first so that my feet aren't like activistically running through the day before I quiet myself before God. And when I'm on my knees, I often pray, now God, I am open to be used by you today. Have people cross my path that I could encourage, serve, love, point to you. And by the time I get off my knees, I go into the day with a, a grander vision. It's a vision for people. It's a vision for opportunities that God might bring my way. And going into a day like that just energizes me and keeps a sense of anticipation about what God might do through my life that day. Wonderful. Did you get that point? Having a bigger vision, a vision for people, a vision for starting the day, asking God, show me people that I could reach out to. Open doors, Lord, that I can share with people. It's about us having an attitude that's saying yes to that calling, this grander vision of, of reaching out to people, showing them the love of God and, and trying to help them find God for eternity to make a difference in their life. Prayer has to be central and so too having that heartfelt conviction that people matter and I am willing to cross that bridge of that uncomfortableness because sometimes people are doing things that we might not want to, to spend time with them because they're doing those things. And yet in the example of Jesus we see that he was willing to go. Even when people were doing questionable things, he would still go and spend time with them and point them in the right direction. It's about us being deliberate. There was one person in the Bible that we read about that was focused on earthly stuff. His name was, name was Matthew or Levi, and he was a tax collector. He used to be focused on money, of course. Uh, this is from Luke chapter 5 again, verse 27. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Remember how we were talking about before and after stories last week? What an incredible before and after story that takes place here. Here we see someone that was focused on gathering money for the Romans, was despised by many because he was, had his hands in the, in the money. And yet there's two words from Jesus, follow me. He gets up in the middle of his job and follows Jesus. A remarkable turnaround. Before I was focused on money and, 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 and getting things for myself. Jesus called me and now I'm committed to a new way. The way of Jesus Christ. And look what he does next. In verse 29. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with him. 
we see a deliberate activity that takes place. He calls all his connections together. Come, he says, come and have a, have a great banquet. And as we come to this banquet, we're going to focus on this special guest, Jesus. Just imagine what that dinner party would have been like. All these tax collectors gathered, Jesus there, Matthew excited by his change. The disciples likely would have been there. We can see a deliberate attempt from Matthew to have that bigger vision to say, I want to make a difference amongst my friends. I'm going to do what I can to gather them together so that they might get something of Jesus. And so we see a concept that Bill Hybels promotes us to undertake now, that we might have our own Matthew party, that we might gather some people together, some that know Jesus, who are Christians following in the way, and others that aren't, who, 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 who could be far from God. And he recommends no more than half and half, but the whole concept is to have a party and to call people together and create opportunities where it's easy to walk across the room. Party time. Anyone like parties? Here you go. Your pastor telling you to have a party. Sound like a good idea? Could be a barbecue. Could be a picnic. Sometimes it could even be something like a kid's party. A trip to the cafe. What, what else could it be? You could party with some friends. What could you do? Head down the river, throw them in, <laughs> baptize them all. <laughs> That'd be a big step. <laughs> a craft activity, yes, that's right, yeah. Yeah, gather for some craft, make that into a, a social time. Climb the mountain. Climb the mountain. Go on an expedition together. I used to do that when I was young. When I was youthful, I used to go on hikes with other, other young men and women and we'd go climbing up hills and in the wilderness. It was good fun. And we would get to know each other quite well in that experience. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, food. Food, a party. Without food, it's not quite a party. You could have a dance party, invite some friends around. Who knows? But the whole point is that we deliberately use our time to engage with people far from Jesus with the hope that somehow, over time, as those relationships form and as we demonstrate love to them, that hopefully they might understand something of Jesus. It's about using our free time or our social time to actually start being a bit more deliberate and to say, well, I'm going to press into the space and to use it for God's glory. I'm going to do something that might point people in the right direction. And that's the fourth point. We actually seek to spend time with lost people. Maybe the idea of a big party is overwhelming. Maybe it is that cafe visit with a couple of people, which is far more achievable. There are many different ways. But the way being presented and put forward is to have a Matthew party to have a go, to, to get this group happening and to be prayerful as we step into it, to be deliberate and to encourage those that we invite. Well, look, I'm inviting some friends that don't know Jesus. Let's actually be deliberate in this party. 
let's, let's see if there's some opportunities that God will have us in this space. And so it's about stepping into this time, not just to have a party for a party's sake, but to actually be deliberate about that activity of having a party. To change the focus of the party, I guess, to be all about the people there and to see if there is a next step, step we can take. Because being walk-across-the-room people, having this bigger vision, this grander vision, it's about us seeking creative ways to engage our friends, inviting them to explore the abundance of life that's available in Jesus, helping them find eternal life. It's about trying to point them in the right direction. And I hope it's something that matters to us or can matter to us because I feel that sometimes we do stay, as we were talking about, that circle of comfort. We get a bit worried about reaching out to others. We get a bit worried about spending time with people far from God. And yet, this grander vision that's put forward, this bigger vision, it's all about us having a step forward that says, yes, I care about people, people far from God, and I'm going to try to do something in their lives that will point them in the right direction. I'm not just going to watch them from a distance and be concerned that if I go too close, I might catch their stuff as if they've got some sort of bug that I could catch from them. No, we're actually going to make some friends, say, you are important to God. Is there something I can do to point you in the right direction? Now, our shirt, I know we know what it says on the back. I've been talking about a bit this, this recently. It says something about making Jesus known, doesn't it? Yeah. It says that we care about Jesus and we want to make Jesus known. It's part of what we want to be core to our DNA here of who we are. We want to have this vision that says, yes, we're going to take risky steps to reach out to people. And sometimes it might be a disaster. Sometimes we might go there and it all falls apart or we organise a party and then people aren't well or whatever or they just don't show up. It, sometimes it doesn't always work out. But that doesn't mean that we should just stop. It means that we should regroup and, and pray about it. What can I do to reach those in need? As we get a hold of this bigger vision, we start saying, I'm going to have a whole-of-life posture that's actually going to care about those that are lost, hoping that they might come to know Jesus. Is anyone on board with this vision? Anyone on board of having a bigger vision about caring for real people around us and where they're going to spend eternity? I hope that it does touch us and that it changes the way that we live. That grander vision for people. A vision that is not only about people, but it's about caring about where they'll spend eternity. It's a vision where we focus everything with prayer or saturate it with prayer and that we deliberately seek to spend time with lost people, that they might be found in Jesus. Let's pray. Our Father, we just thank you so much that you are a generous God. We thank you that you love us and we thank you that you left the glory of heaven, to, to come to us, that you reached out in love. And we pray, Lord, that you will give us a heart's desire 
that we'll catch this vision to care about the people around us. That, Lord, we will walk across the room, that we will pray, and that, Lord, that you will open doors as we do that, that people will be touched and that their lives will be changed for eternity. We pray your blessing now in Jesus' name. He is our comforter. He is our all in all. Please stand and we'll sing together. <clears throat> in Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, found through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving cease, my comforter, my all in all. Here in the love of Christ I stand. Oh, 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 Light of the world by darkness slain, then bursting forth in glorious day. Up from the grave he rose again. Come on. And as he stands in victory, since curse has lost its grip on me, for I am his. And he is mine, bought with the precious blood of Christ. Oh, 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 this is the power of Christ in me From life's first cry to final breath Jesus commands my destiny No power of hell, no scheme of man Can ever pluck me from his hand Till he returns or calls me home here in the power of Christ I'll stand. Oh, 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 oh. in Christ alone. I find my strength, I find my hope. I find my help in Christ alone. When fear assails, when darkness falls, I find my peace 
in Christ alone. I give my life, I give my all, I sing this song to Christ alone. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, all heaven sings to Christ alone, to Christ alone, in Christ alone. Till he returns or calls me home, here in the power of Christ, I'll stand. Here in the power of Christ, we stand.